This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Uh, welcome to a not-quite-instant-reaction edition of the Evan Roberts podcast for the Elimination Chamber. On Sunday night, the night of the Elimination Chamber, I had a fair excuse for not watching it live and then recording a podcast. And it wasn't D'Angelo Russell in the All-Star game. It wasn't that. I went to a wedding. But when the wedding was over, I said to my wife, I said, "Hun, you may be going to sleep because it's 1030 at night. I'm going to watch a little bit of Russell in the All-Star game. A little bit of St. John's Villanova, and then I'm going to watch the Elimination Chamber. And I watched it, and number one, the first thing I noticed, and by the way, let me point this out. Usually when I do these uh, instant reaction podcasts, I talk to myself for a half hour. I'm pleased to be joined by a guy who could cause me to get sued because he does wrestling talk on the Mike's On app exclusively, but we're borrowing him without asking permission, mainly because I had him first. And that's Thomas Lugauer, who produces me on Saturday, does a fine job at the station. So if we get sued, uh, I, well, guys, I mean, you're just going to have to pick up that tab. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I, hate, I hate to break that one to you, but you're going to yeah. have to do that. Well, I think I've got the rights to you because we've talked wrestling on a podcast before the Mike's On app even started. How about that? So, uh, if anything, I should sue them? Absolutely. Where was the permission on my end? Uh, The first thing that jumped out at me about this event, and I'm such a geek for this, what main events the night? And and I've mentioned this a lot on this podcast before. I have been counting the pay-per-views in which the WWE Championship does not main event a pay-per-view. Now, granted, the Universal title was not defended on this Mm pay-per-view. as well as the SmackDown women's title was not defended on this pay-per-view, and the Raw women's title was basically not defended on this pay-per-view because it was a squash match. But I was pleased to see, Luke, that the WWE Championship match did get the main event slot. It not only main evented, but let's be honest, it sold the show. It was the most over thing on the show by far. What a fantastic finish between Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston. I'm sure we'll get into it plenty here. But yeah, they did the right thing closing out the show. And then those two performers, Bryan and Kofi in particular, really, really took it to another level. I want to start there because that's the main event. All right. And that was the, the, the lasting impression of this show. Did you kind of sense this coming with Kofi? Because they really put him over on SmackDown. And then there was, like, this build on Twitter about Kofi deserves it. Yep. Kofi should win the title. Never for a second did I think he'd win the title. But when I saw that and the way they put him over on SmackDown, what we saw wasn't a surprise. That they were going to give Kingston that big push without taking the title. You know, it's interesting, and I speculated this last week. When Mustafa Ali, who was originally supposed to be in that match, got hurt, right. I wondered out loud, hey, more often than not, when guys get hurt in, in wrestling, a lot of times the fill-in will take over the creative. So you wonder, if had this had Mustafa Ali not gotten hurt, would this have been his spot? Would he have ran through the gauntlet on SmackDown? Would he have had this moment with Daniel Bryan? Because it's not like they had this planned out with Kofi Kingston. No. He was a, a last-minute fill-in. When- so I wonder if once Mustafa Ali got hurt, that they went, they decided to do this with Kofi Kingston. But if they did it with Mustafa Ali, is it, is it as over as this was? See, I don't think so, but I, I don't 
don't know. If they, so. I don't know if they know they would have gotten that reaction out of Kofi. I think they just kind of, which they often do, just sort of stumbled on something. They went. I think the fans went, wait a second, Kofi Kingston's really good. Wait a second, he does cool moves. Wait a minute, he's been here over 11 years. He's never had the title. <laughs> and organically, which a lot of times we see, and that's the best stuff in wrestling, organically, when the fans get behind something that's really not, you know, when they when they push somebody down your throat, a lot of times they reject it. But this is something that organically happened. All of a sudden you get these Kofi chants and there was this uproar on Twitter, get him the title. And right. all you read today was, this is the the main event, not the main event, but this is what people want to see at sure. WrestleMania, Kofi and Brian. You know what my problem with it, though, is, and the crowd was into it, and Kofi's a great performer. Yes. No one's going to. No doubt about it. And the Royal Rumble stuff I thought was way too much over the last few years, but not even they that. They jumped the shark with it now. Very much so. Yep. Guy's a really talented performer. Without a doubt. And I think he's taking that mantle that Dolph Ziggler had for a while. Mm -hmm. While Dolph was there, people like him, and he's never been pushed hard enough. And with Dolph not really in the picture anymore, Kofi's that new guy. The guy yep. that's been there for a while that the crowd wants to see get that break. But here's my problem with it. I feel like it sort of came out of nowhere, and I don't love stuff like that. If it was a more organic build, it, you're right that it was organic, but it was a short organic build. That's why him winning the title would have been a disappointment. It's too quick. Well, here's what I would give him credit for. They did the thing on Tuesday with the gauntlet. Had he come out in the elimination chamber and been one of the first, second, third guys to get eliminated, I would have had a big problem with that. I agree. See, to me now, you could start to build the chapters of the story I agree. here. I agree with that. So now maybe a, a championship match at Fastlane, maybe something at Mania. Now you can build the story. I'm not saying that Kofi Kingston has to win the world title because I am a huge proponent of Daniel Bryan. I think the new character is amazing. I think he should have a long-lasting... Uh, run with this title. So I'm not sitting here advocating Kofi Kingston should win the title. But you have something here. You do. And something that WWE has had a big, big problem with for years now is getting baby faces over. We've seen it with Roman Reigns, even with Seth Rollins. They have had all kinds of problems getting a baby face over. More often than not, the best way to get cheered is to be a heel. They flip-flop Elias a million times. So now you have a situation here. Maybe it wasn't your hand-picked guy, but you have Kofi Kingston, who the crowd is getting behind. There's this huge sort of uproaring here from the ground up here. Yeah, it's on, it's on short notice here, but it's a situation where we have a guy who's red hot, maybe even right behind Becky Lynch right now as far as popularity. I know it's only for, over a week, short, though. Short sample size, yeah. no doubt about yeah. it. But don't tell me on Tuesday there's not going to be Kofi Kingston chance. To me, seize this moment. It's not like you have an opponent for Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Me and Monzo have speculated maybe maybe Bray Wyatt, maybe uh, Samoa Joe. You didn't have an opponent no, in theory no ready for now. So no. why not build this story with Kofi Kingston? It, it's what the fans want, and that's what WWE oftentimes right. does. No, they don't do what the fans want. No, you're right. And the fans do want it based on the way they reacted, but they've only wanted it for a week. I'd be curious to see if they want it a month from now, two months mm -hmm. from now. I still think WrestleMania would almost be too quick. I know it's seven weeks from now, but it, it just... Here, here's what I don't like, and we saw this with uh, Jinder Mahal when he became champion, and even JBL when he became champion the first time. If I would have told you in December, Daniel Bryan is going to defend the WWE Championship against Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania, you would have laughed. You would have said, what? Where the hell is that coming from? I don't like things like that. I, I would want it to be a slower build. So I still think there's a different opponent for Bryan at Mania. To me, it's always been John Cena. I think that's the perfect opponent. It's a big marquee match, and Brian gets to be put over. Like, he'll beat John Cena again, unless you want to give Cena finally that nod of passing Ric Flair. But then, Cena's going to disappear in 30 seconds. Yeah, see, I don't like that. Yeah, You don't I, like which part? Cena I, winning? No, or I don't like fighting? Cena winning. I, I don't really like either, to be honest with you. Because, uh, like I said, if you'd asked me a week ago, I would have said differently. And I know what you mean, maybe the Johnny-come-lately situation. But my point is, and I'll go back to it, is that... You have a situation here where the fans are finally getting behind a baby face. To me, you strap the rocket, you push him to the moon, and you give him this but, his but moment. Luby, Whether that's winning the title or not, at least give him an opportunity he, to continue to get over. Here's the problem. 
The WWE Championship for a while now has felt like a mid-card title. When you put it on Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania... But that's their fault, by the yeah, way. I know it's their okay, fault, but Because they old... had a great champion, and they decided to never agree. main event him. Especially when the like there was times where the Universal Championship wasn't even defended no. when they main evented... Samoa Joe, Joe and Reigns. Reigns. And I love Samoa Joe, <laughs> and, 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 I'm, and I'm an advocate for Reigns in, in, in some ways. But to me, AJ Styles is a champion. He should have main evented oh, no. the show. AJ had a really good title run. The only problem with his title run is where they booked his matches. Yep. The fact they didn't book them as main event matches, but it's just going to make the WWE title when it's the opening match to WrestleMania yep. or a mid-card match. When Kofi gets that amazing moment of winning the WWE yep. Championship, Eddie Guerrero style, it's going to feel like a mid-card belt more than ever. That's a problem. You don't want it to feel that way. When Kofi Kingston wins the WWE title, culminating this decade run in the company, it should close a show. And I'm glad they closed it last night because think about this. Elimination Chamber didn't close with Daniel Bryan. It closed yep. with Kofi Kingston yep. walking out of that ring with his buddies, getting that applause for, hey, hell of a job. That was the close. But it was a main event-worthy thing. I feel like at WrestleMania, him winning the title isn't going to feel like a main event at all. But to me, I still feel like that was a chapter in the book or could be a chapter in the book and not the ending. What you had last night in that main event, particularly with the final two, you had a situation where even a cynical wrestling fan like me who never thought Daniel Bryan was ever going to lose the match and I didn't fall for the false finishes, but you know what? <laughs> I sat back and went, this is really, really good stuff. It was good. And how often than not yeah. do we come out of pay-per-views going, this stink, this was boring, the main event was whatever. You had a situation where the crowd was invested to where most people going into that match when Kofi Kingston has no shot, but they made you believe that he did, and that's wrestling in a nutshell. No, they, they did made a, you believe. They did as good of a job as they could have yes. in making you believe. But I like you never fell for the false finishes, especially when the WWE cameraman. Did you remember this moment well, I, when uh, they that's a great setup for me off of yes. Daniel Bryan with the quick pin to some fan some, shot? Which I hate. First of all, I hate the fan shots. <laughs> oh, I totally second, agree. second of all. You had a, an amazing counter yes. by Daniel Bryan, yes. and you told you go away from it. <laughs> How? What are we doing here? And I understand that maybe that Daniel Bryan go. Oh, by the way, you didn't tell the guys in the truck. By the way, I'm going to reverse this move, so make sure you don't you know show Joe Blow no, in the no. crowd. Here's the problem: too much of the Joe Blows in the crowd. Yeah, it's it's brutal. we don't need it. Post match, I get it. Sometimes they do that little highlight package. Right. Oh, after this, and they show the kid jumping up or right. whatever. It's corny. I don't like it's it. Too much. But in match, when you do something like that, you see sometimes with sports where they fake him out on a play action yeah. or something like that. Yeah. It, it drives you nuts. On on something with that, not with the camera work, with the commentary. We're both big wrestling fans. Mm -hmm. We listened to, to, to WWE for years. Remember Vince McMahon commentating in the nineties? One, two, three. He's gonna he got get him. him. No, 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 he right, got out. Right. Listen, Vince, without a doubt, coaches up the commentators. Yes. If you, I don't want to give this away. It's almost like telling you, you know, your parents leave money under your pillow when your tooth falls out. <laughs> so I don't want to give this away. Go but ahead. if you notice, when you get a false finish. The announcer always, always says, "This is gonna be it. Is it the title? The title's gonna change." And they kick out every freaking time. They give it away every time. So if you watch these matches over and over again, when they kind of don't say it's gonna end, that's when it ends. When they go, "Here's the title change. Here it comes." It never happens. You know my favorite? They don't do this so as much away. anymore. But when Triple H was going through his reign of terror, where uh, he was the heel, always won. Yep. The giveaway would be. Not this way. Yeah. <laughs> Not yep. this way. Yep. And Triple H would win. But I want to make a comment about this commentating. This Corey Graves, and I know he's a big story right now because yep. his wife goes on Instagram and accuses of him cheating on her with Carmella. And I don't know if you saw this, and I found this funny. Not that the story's funny, because it's obviously heartbreaking. There are three kids involved. There's nothing to laugh, nothing to laugh about with it. But somebody tweeted yesterday, and I don't know when it was. Maybe it was a few weeks ago. 
Corey Graves talking about the Divas. The women. I'm sorry, not the Divas. And he says, one of my personal favorites, Carmella. And they keep the camera on him. And about 10 seconds later, he puts his head in his hand, realizing that I just give away the booking up with this woman. <laughs> it, was, it was bizarre last night. And, and you had Naomi, who's also had her problems this week. Yeah, and they got eliminated yeah. first. That was just an awkward few minutes to start that pay-per-view. I think Corey Graves made a comment about like uh, his his daughter's watching, with his, which is what his wife alluded to a little bit in, in her Instagram post. There were little things. That, the crowd actually chanted Corey Graves when yes. Carmella got out there, which is yeah. tremendous. Uh, not, not to make light of it, but it's just, you know, that's the crowd being the crowd. Uh, but yeah, just a very, very, very awkward situation. I'm going to whisper this because if Taz hears this, he'll be very upset. All right, so I'm going to be careful here. Corey Graves has Bobby the Brain Heenan potential. He's that good. He may be the best color commentator we've seen in the WWE since Bobby the Brain. And that includes Jerry Lawler, who I thought at the end became a caricature of himself. Corey Graves, at least once in, a, once in an event, has a line that makes me laugh. And that's that doesn't happen that often where I'm like outwardly chuckling. Now, I do that with the brain whenever I oh. watch the WWE Network. Yeah. There was, and I don't know if this will. The brain's the best. Oh, he was great. There, there's no there's no, there's no, no equal there, but yeah, the brain was the best. I, I don't know if this is going to sound as funny because I'm doing it, not Bobby, but I was watching Royal Rumble 93. Don't oh, ask me that, why. Well, no, I, don't ask you why. First of all, <laughs> it's one of the best Royal Rumbles ever. It's Bobby the Brain's crowning achievement. No, no, no. Wrong one. Oh, I'm sorry. 93 is the one where Yokozuna won. It I'm thinking of Flair. Exactly. 93 was very good, too. Anytime he was with Gorilla, it was great. Yeah, and that was the thing. He was with yeah. Gorilla. But is this the Luger thing? No, no, it was okay. Bret Hart, Razor Ramon yep. for the title. And Gorilla's whining about, you know, I don't understand why Bret doesn't go for the sharpshooter. And Bobby breaks it down like, well, you know, Gorilla, he's got, Razor's got really long legs. It's going to be tough to turn him around. He just, he can't do it. So Gorilla counters with, well, how do you know if you don't try? And without skipping a beat, Bobby's like, because he's stupid, Gorilla. <laughs> he's dumb. And it just made me laugh. Yep. just out of nowhere. The, what, but Corey's got that, man. But what Corey doesn't have and what Bobby had was Gorilla Monsoon, who was the yes. perfect yeah. foil for him. I'm sorry you're here. Will you be serious? <laughs> they work so well off each yeah. other. And this is no disrespect to Michael Cole. He's solid. He does a good he doesn't job. Have that with he's him. not Gorilla Monsoon. But he's not great. That's something like a Corey Graves would need. And I'm also a big fan of Nigel McGuinness down in NXT. He does a lot of good stuff. But yeah, Corey Graves, I thought the funny sign he had last night with the two security guys who looked like me and you came in the ring and he goes what are these guys gonna do you know <laughs> that, that made me laugh out loud the the one that and it was i think the same segment is when becky lynch is and we'll get to that next when yep. becky lynch is attacking everybody with the crutches he says this is not how you handle things send a mean tweet or something yeah, yeah, like that, that. Great. I, I think uh other than the stuff in NXT, which I thought was was amazing, if you had a demo reel for Corey Graves, it would be last year's WrestleMania, Kurt Angle, Ronda Rousey, Triple H, Stephanie McMahon. His commentary yes. on that all oh. night he was great, but for that match was so great. It was it was fantastic. And, it made the match even better. And he's only going to get better. No That's doubt. the thing about him. So I can't put this guy over enough as a color commentator. Yeah. He's fantastic. The stuff, the stuff away from the scenes, the stuff like this, you know, it things happen. Look, it you know, it is what it is. It's whenever yeah. something like this happens, you honestly think about the kids, you think about the wife and that yeah, whole no situation. Uh, the other premier moment of this pay per view, and I thought it was brilliant. I got to give him credit was how they continue to build towards Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, and Charlotte. Now, the Ronda Rousey match was a waste. It was a squash match. I mean, what, it lasted a minute and a half. Ruby Riot's tapping out very quickly. Which I thought it should have been quick. I, I like totally that. Totally great. I like the no problem with that. Yep. I have no, I'm just stating it was, it was a squash match. Mm -hmm. And Charlotte's obviously there. I, I got to tell you, I'm very mixed about Charlotte because I think she's talented in the ring, and I hate her, which is good, right? Because she's a heel. Yes. So that, that's the compliment. The negative is... I hate her. 
<laughs> right? I think it's a good thing because she w isn't her job to make us hate her. Yeah. But the way she does her promos drives me nuts. The way she talks drives me nuts. Well, you don't want that go away uh, heat where it's like you want you want to hate the person. You don't want to hate them when you see them on screen. You just don't want to watch them. Yeah. There's, there's, a, there's a fine line there. And I'm mixed about this becoming a triple threat because the okay. storyline says it should be a triple threat, which mm -hmm. is great. Yeah. And the match will be better because it's a triple threat. Yes. The only negative is that I just ideally don't love triple threats to main event WrestleMania. I'd rather it be a one-on-one -on -one match. But the way they're interweaving this storyline, I don't think there's any doubt. We're seven weeks away. No doubt. This is the main event of WrestleMania. It should be the main event of WrestleMania. It will be the main event of WrestleMania. I think with no matter what, we're going to see Becky Lynch win at WrestleMania. She's going to have a crowning moment. Who she beats at the end there, I think that's up for debate, and that'll be interesting well, to see. But I think at the end of the day, the fans are going to go home happy, and Becky Lynch is going to close the show and win the match. I, I don't think it even matters. It should be Ronda Rousey if I had to book it. I don't think it matters because I think at the next pay-per-view, she'll just cleanly beat the other woman. Yep. Or they'll do a triple threat. I, can I mention the guy's name? When Benoit, Shawn Michaels, and Triple H had their triple threat mm -hmm. match, which was a great match. Great match. To close 20. Yep. The next pay-per-view, they had another classic match, and I think he topped out Shawn Michaels. Correct. He, right? he tapped them both out back-to-back -back So shows, basically yeah. got triple the tap H, each person out. Michaels, yeah. Okay, so during this promo, here's my thought process. I said, oh, this this Becky Lynch is so over. Oh, this is so freaking brilliant. Because I didn't like what they did on Raw when they made her grovel to Stephanie and Triple H. I hated it. I freaking hated that. Well, see, that's my thing here is that when I thought with that match, to me, the Ronda-Becky buildup was enough. You didn't need to add Charlotte. I think they're adding her because I think they want to have a heel in the match. They want to get a little heat off Ronda Rousey. Yes. And I think for historic match, they want Charlotte in that match because that's, that's their female Roman Reigns. Sure. Let's just be honest. But the so storyline dictates there. it too, though. But it does. But what I don't like, because they've been doing this for 20 freaking years what? and that's involving the McMahons the heel authority figures yeah. when Evan and we could spend an hour on this when they came out in December we're going to do things differently they still have 20 minutes promos starting the show <laughs> we're not going to have heel authority figures well you've done well Stephanie's been one Triple H has been one Vince has been one in the last couple months they brought up these guys from NXT they've done nothing with them Lacey Evans walked out to the crowd <laughs> for three minutes and walked back what the heck was that <laughs> what was that good call so to me and, and WWE's had false promises before and continuity is always an issue with them so you had all these th all these things that are just mind boggling, and you said there's going to be this change, uh, and I'm getting I'm getting I'm losing my train of thought here a little bit. But to me, adding Charlotte but involving the McMahons, that's the part well, I don't here's like. I'd be rather the than be away from the storyline, to be honest with you, he doesn't need it. The key to the whole thing is going to be how do they walk back the suspension? Okay. I don't know how they're going to do it. I think that's how they're keeping us involved in watching because we all yeah. know they're walking back the suspension. Becky's going to be in the match. The key here is to keep Becky as over now right. as she is throughout She's the She's a renegade. Time. She's Steve Austin, right? So it's how are they going to do it? Is it going to be another McMahon combating Vince? I, I don't know how they do it. And I understand the point of involving well, the McMahon. He's got like, like Hornswoggle maybe comes back. He's <laughs> yeah, right. He's the right, one who right, does yeah, it. Right, right. Exactly. Mr. Kennedy comes back. Mr. Kennedy back, comes right. back. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know how they do it, but I think what they're trying to do is they're trying to keep you interested. But here's the other thing about this Becky, Ronda, Charlotte thing. Keep this in mind. Every other feud that's going on right now is on one show. Yep. This feud takes up two shows. Yep. It continues on SmackDown. It's on Raw. It's on a house show, which I loved. I love the, how they involved the house show with Charlotte attacking Becky and injuring her even more. Making house shows involved in storylines is great because it actually makes you think, maybe I should go to a house yeah, show. Yeah, boost the business of a house show because right. you're not just thinking, well, nothing's going to happen. I agree right. with you on that. But were you worried? Because this is what I was worried about. Becky comes out. She starts hitting Charlotte with the crotch. Great. It looks like she's involved inviting Ronda to join in. Mm -hmm. That scared me because I thought if Ronda joined in, 
it would have been a Roman Reigns-like desperate attempt to get people to cheer Ronda Rousey. I loved... Did you break something in this studio, Luigi? No, I did not. All right. Well, Giannotti, if something broke, we're uh, using... Foss water. Oh, okay. That's, that's no big deal. Uh, I thought, oh, crap. They're going to use this to try to get Ronda cheers. When Becky turned on Ronda and started hitting her, that was awesome. Well, I thought that, that was the it, best it, way to go. And it would, it would have made absolutely no sense. Because to me, at the crux of this situation, it's Becky... And it's Ronda. So it would have made no sense storyline-wise for now Becky to join sides with Ronda. Even though Charlotte had the, the vicious attack on Ronda and she's had her issues with Becky, it still didn't make any sense for them to team up on Charlotte. Right. No, it would have made no sense. But so, I, the, so it worked out perfectly. And it was very vicious. Ronda was bleeding from was the great. head. So it was realistic. Yeah. I hate when people throw out the Stone Cold thing because to me it's like when Stone Cold was around, he was the first Stone Cold. Let her be the first Becky Lynch. But I understand that's but what happens. Remnants it happens in, sports, of Stone it happens Cold. in wrestling. Yeah. I get that. But I like, I don't love going back to the well and back to things like that. I like everything being new and fresh and sort of be go down your own path. The fact that she's a woman doing it is new and fresh. It's fantastic. I mean, the women's division right now, I was thinking about this uh, the other day. I think I was watching Raw or SmackDown. It feels like the women take up half the show. It's almost a 50-50 proposition now between yep. the men and the women on Raw. And I don't think that's a negative thing because I think enough of the storylines are more interesting than what's going on with the men. Well, I think it's long overdue. I think for years that the women were put in positions to be sort of that bridge. A lot of times in the big shows, like there would be a big match and then they'd have a women's match and then they have the main event and they would call them divas and all that stuff. Right. So now they put them in prominent places. They delivered it. They presented it like a sport. And these these three women, and I would throw Oscar in there as well, are some of the foremost over people in the company. Great storylines. And like we talked about in the newsroom, that's going to be the main event. And finally, people are going to go home happy because you're going to have people sitting out there at Mania for eight or nine hours. It's going to be freaking early April in New right. York. It's going to be 20 degrees. People are going to start getting agitated, but they're going to be pumped up because at the end of the show, they're going to see Becky. No, you're right. That's what they want. Now I'm about to rip the women. I hated the Women's Tag Team Championship Elimination Chamber match. I hated it for numerous reasons. Number one, you're starting a title that you hope is going to last for forever and ever. Mm -hmm. So it's a tag team title, right? Yep. There is nothing about that match that's a tag team match. It's not a tag team match. <laughs> it's 15 women beating the crap out of each other, coming out of pods. All, there's no tags. Yeah. So I I get it. It's the Elimination Chamber. You got to sell the gimmick. But you're starting the history of the tag team title match with a non-tag team match. That by, Maybe I'm being anal about this. I don't know. I thought that was stupid. Well, you're and you also put together a bunch of teams that really didn't have a lot of history of teaming That's with each true. other. And will they team a lot after this? No. So you don't really even have a tag team division no. per se. I like the idea and I get it. And I like that there's only one champion. We'll see how long that lasts, because I'm a huge advocate for just having one champion. I hate having two championships. You talked about it today. Monday, uh this is on Raw, this is on SmackDown. I like the one champion going to both shows because it makes both shows just yeah. as special. We talked about the whole podcast, how one title always sort of gets, you know, no. Always notes. does. No offense, but the redheaded, you know, stepchild. Why do you got to use that? Well, analogy? you know, you you have red hair, but <laughs> so I I don't like that some of the titles sort of get underplayed because the guy holding it is great. Right, right. No, I agree with you on that. And I, oh, 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 perfect. Go also ahead. with that tag match, another one of my pet peeves. You deserve it. Who doesn't deserve it? If I got a radio show tomorrow, I don't deserve it. If Ernie got a radio show tomorrow, he doesn't deserve it. John Jastrzemski doesn't deserve it. They all deserve it. They well, work hard. It's also Enough. It's overplayed. It's it overplayed. happens all the time. Everybody wins. Anybody can win. Give me anybody. Mojo yeah. Raleigh could come out win the Intercontinental Championship. You deserved it. Enough. 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 Of, the other thing I'm enoughing of with the women, and it's it's a testament for what's happening. It's great. You got tag team titles. You had a pay-per-view. They're going to main event yep. WrestleMania. Enough with it. This is historical first time. You've got what's her name crying while doing the commentating. Yeah. And then you got Sasha crying. Enough of the tears. Especially since they've been behind the times. This should happen years ago. Yeah. So now you're like catching up. 
You're also mocking, in a weird way, you're degrading what you're doing by mentioning every five seconds this is historic. And, it shouldn't be historic anymore. And we, and we don't have to go in this direction, but they're doing business with Saudi Arabia. Well, the, the hypocrisy of that so is it's the just, just mind-boggling. Did you like the fact that Sasha and Bailey won? That they I, were the I winners? thought they should have won, yeah. But where do they go from here? I don't know where they go, but my fear was that, because WWE does this a lot, is that they like to book heat, and I thought, here you have this historical moment. Let's give them something where the, these are two people that have been in the company for a while, two baby faces. Give them their moment. If they lose the titles in a couple weeks, so be it. But I didn't want to see like the Iconics win or right. have a heel team win. It's kind of like, eh. Let it be that moment where the crowd can cheer, everybody's happy, and then you can go on, and then you can put the belts on whoever you want. But I thought for that moment, they you know, deserved uh, it. I'm not, <laughs> yeah. I'm not confident in the future of this division. Because like you said, I think a, a bunch of these teams were forced together. Sure. I think Sasha and Bailey, they were teasing a breakup a year ago. It was like the worst booked feud in the entire right. company last year. Now they're, they're, they're the they're face Hogan. each other, they're not, they're this, they're that. Now they're tag team champs. Yeah, that was booked so horribly. They were teasing a match forever, but yeah. now who knows? Maybe this leads to it. I don't know. I don't know. And now they're the hug and boss connection. That's yeah. the other thing, forcing these names on everybody. Fire these, and desire or whatever. Fire and desire. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just didn't love it. I think, you know, with the women in WWE right now, they've made great strides and they have me buying in. I'm readily admitting right now, and I, I think two months ago I disagreed with it. Now I'm all in on, hey, this should be the main event. This is the most over storyline. This is the most over. This should be the main event. I'm in on it. But sometimes it feels like they force it with the women. Like they just, okay, we got this tag match. This is amazing. Here's Beth Phoenix crying and Sasha Banks is crying. I, sometimes it feels like it's too much. That's that's the way it felt with the women's tag team title. And I'm thrilled that it did not main event the show because apparently that was a thought, that hmm. this was going to be the main event. And I think that would have been a huge mistake. Yeah, especially after seeing the way it played out. It definitely would have been a mistake. Now, what the heck is going on with the Shane Miz thing? They lose the titles. Yep. The Miz is beating himself up. First of all, Maurice is telling me she's pregnant again. Great, congratulations. All right, that's fantastic. Uh, I don't care enough about <laughs> Shane McMahon... And The Miz, it feels like ever since they got together, it was an inevitable breakup. And here's the other thing about Shane. I, I can't stand watching this guy wrestle anymore. I know he does his crazy bumps. He has a total death wish. No doubt uh, He's about trying it. to kill himself. No doubt. But other than the bumps, he's not a good wrestler. No. I, I hate that I story mean, he's throwing line. live rounds in there. I mean, you know, he's <laughs> taking unnecessary bumps. He's one step away from a concussion every time. He's blown up before he even gets oh. in a ring. Oh, it looks awful. I think that this is likely, obviously, leading to a split. I actually thought all along it's going to lead to a Shane McMahon heel turn, and I think Miz is going to be the babyface. I think they sort of planted the seeds last night with Maurice and the kids, and they've been sort of building it that direction. Is it going to excite anybody? No. Probably not. Is it going to be a great match? No. No. But it's a waste. It's on the card, and you know they killed the Miz. The Miz was having such a great run for the last couple of years, and they killed it. They absolutely. You talk about them killing baby faces sometimes. Here they had this legitimate heel, had this great heat, was awesome on the mic, was putting together good matches. Yep. And they put him in this slop. It's a mess. This storyline. Well, it all started with that tournament, the best in the world at Saudi oh, Arabia, God. which is another cluster, and this is where it's, uh, it's sort of been born off of that dopey storyline, yeah. which everybody thought was going to lead to a Shane McMahon heel turn. So that's why I think they still might get to that point. What did you think? This was weird. The Finn Balor versus Leo Rush Lashley match, and I thought it was very predictable at the beginning. Yeah. When they threw out, hey, you know, Finn Balor pins Leo Rush. He becomes the IC champion. It felt like that's the way they were going. Keep Finn Balor happy because yep. they got to keep him happy gotta with all the happy. wrestling no coming. about it. We don't want Lashley to lose. I assume, I could be wrong, that they're leading towards more in this feud. That will be highlighted oh, sure. at WrestleMania. Without a doubt. 
Uh, uh, maybe not go that far, but there's no doubt that they're going to have a rematch. Yeah, he wasn't pinned. Yeah. And then I, they break the two of them up, which I thought Leo Rush was a great thing for I did Lashley. too. Now, maybe somehow they reconcile. I don't know how you do that. But I thought he was good for him, although I don't love having a heel manager that does like cool moves because that's sort of going to get a babyface reaction. But he's a great talker. Lashley's a pretty good talker, although he's not a WWE talker. It's like there's, there's, you know, Matt Riddle's a good example. Matt Riddle's a good talker. He has a lot of charisma. But I don't know if he's a WWE talker, meaning it's hard to do a 10, 15-minute promo. Like most people go, I could do a radio show. Oh, that's great. Go do, do, do a 15-minute monologue. It's not that easy to do. Right. What we're doing right now is easy. We can go back and forth. Sure. But doing a monologue by yourself, it's hard. So it's it's kind of hard. And that's essentially what they do on Raw every week. They do a freaking monologue to set up the show they're doing a radio show i, I the braun Strowman thing that's another guy oh that they have God. completely killed what, if, what is that about you I, bait and switch the main event at the rumble <laughs> to have him lose to baron corbin well, I, I assume they're setting up mcintyre corbin i mean that's where i think why they're are we going setting up it? anything with corbin what is the idea no i'm sorry mcintyre Strowman, not corbin obviously but, but where does corbin and lashley play into that because they've been step by step with this entire feud yeah i, I guess just is there a faction coming i don't think so what kind of faction because would i think it be? that they have they have high hopes for for a, seemingly all three of them lashley doesn't need a faction and mcintyre yeah. doesn't either those two guys are just they have their ass kickers that's what they are they're they're just big strong guys that can beat you up and they're you need not guys chicken... like that to be believable with with strong right so I mean, look, maybe it leads to McIntyre, Braun Strowman at WrestleMania, I guess. But the whole thing felt it felt like Yokozuna Undertaker at Royal Rumble where they just had all the heels come out to beat up the oh, Undertaker. Yeah. And Marty Jannetty went into the ceiling there. That's a rumor. <laughs> I don't know if that's actually Is that true. true? That's a that's a rumor that, was that he Gennetti. was the guy that they brought up into, into the uh, rafters there. Uh, I don't know funny. if that's ever been confirmed. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know what, what, what they're doing with Strowman. Honestly, he, I thought oh, he was on a— uh, Crash course with Brock Lesnar, and he was going to win the title, and now he's getting beat by Look Baron Corbin, obviously with some help, but still, the the what's on the back of the baseball card? It's a line drive in a box score. He lost to Baron Corbin right. after losing the main event at the Rumble. And losing the, it, meaning not even being in the match. And, he, and the feud with Corbin should have been over. Right. Like, they did it. It's done. Let's move on. So, I don't love what they're doing with Braun Strowman. Do you think, because I thought about this last night, and, and maybe it's a good thing that they kept some really big guys off of the pay-per-view. Oscar wasn't on the pay-per-view. Seth wasn't on the pay-per-view. Dean Ambrose, who I guess is out the door, wasn't on the pay-per-view. And maybe that's a good thing because you only have three hours. You don't want it to be a six-hour pay-per-view. Yep. So I kind of like the idea of not using all your bullets for these pay-per-views or else they'll last eight hours. But I do think that the universal title match is losing a lot of luster because there's nothing forwarding it. Well, Nothing's that's, happening. That's the, that's the one negative that you have uh, with Brock is that he's not there a lot. Now, I loved the Hogan run in 97 with Hollywood Hogan, and he didn't wrestle that often, but he was on TV a lot. And I don't think that Brock has to be on every show. I think it keeps yeah, wait, him special. You know what the difference Heyman. was? Here's the difference with Hogan. Hogan had a stable that yes. was there all the time. And he was on Nitro pretty right. much every single week. So he was involved even if he wasn't there right. wrestling. Brock Lesnar isn't in a stable, and Paul Heyman can only do so much. So it... it it's over. It's been over for a year with Brock. I like Brock. He's a Hall of Famer. I think his matches are entertaining, and they do feel like big main event feels, yes. right? Yes. But his days as being a part-time champion, they should have been over at last year's Mania. I thought it was over at SummerSlam. Well, I think it would have been had the Reigns not gotten sick. I think that yeah, was Yeah, but they, they didn't have going. to put the belt right back on him when Roman did get yeah, sick. Yeah, but I think Vince panicked, and when Vince panics, he puts it on the big guy, and Brock's a businessman, and he, and he sees the opportunity, and maybe he, I thought you know maybe he'd lose at the Rumble. Now, he's, obviously, that didn't happen, and we'll see if it happens you, at Mania. Yeah, I was going to say, are you oh, even convinced oh, he I say loses? this all the time. I used to say it about Hogan. I used to say it about Triple H. I'll say it about Brock. Until I see it, that's when I'll believe it. Yeah. I will never predict they're going to lose. 
because they're savvy businessmen. Yeah, the game of chess. But you know what? Last year when he beat uh, Roman Reigns, I admitted it. I think it was the first one of these reaction podcasts I did for a pay-per-view. And I said, that was amazing. Like, I'm stunned, and being stunned is great. Especially yeah, a lot of people the thought end. they pulled an audible, right. like in the middle of the show, I don't which know, I don't buy. I don't know when they pulled it, but all I know is I was stunned by the ending. I'm no longer stunned by Brock Lesnar no. anymore. Can't so be. if Brock goes over Seth at Mania, it's a bad thing, and it's not a surprise. Nope. So those two things are not good things for Vince McMahon and the WWE. They just have to move on from Brock. Brock can still wrestle, but it can't be in title matches. It just can't be. It kills the momentum of that belt. Yeah, it's, a, it's, it's like I said, when you have a situation like that, I think when you have a reign like Brock has had, the key is to get it on the worker's worker after that. A guy who's going to defend it all the time, which they tried to do with Reigns, then he got sick. Now maybe that's what they're going to do with Seth Rollins. Right. A guy who, let's be honest, never lost the title, got hurt, yep. lost a little bit of steam. I don't think he should have ever came back as a heel after he got hurt. They had the great documentary, and then the guy comes back as a heel. That was stupid. Very so maybe now you're trying to rehab him, you give him the belt. But like we said, you just never know with Brock because it's always changing. He has one of those deals where it's like, well, I'm around for this show. I'm around for that show. <laughs> right. around. There's no real set contract. He's almost on like a show-by-show show contract. So at any any minute, he could go, well, I'm staying, and Vince is going to keep the belt on him. Yeah, enough's enough. It's got to end. Here's my last question before we get out of here. The main event of the next pay-per-view, Fastlane, will be what? The main event at Fastlane will be... Because we have one more pay-per-view before we get to main. I think it will be Daniel Bryan and Kofi. So you think they give us the payoff there? I do. I think that main event's it, yeah. I think it's going to involve Daniel Bryan. I do agree with you. And you're probably right that it's Kingston, but I think the WWE title is going to get another main event slot. A, because the Universal title, title will be right, defended. No yeah. And I don't think there's a match they can give you with Ronda. That doesn't involve Charlotte or Becky, that could main event the pay-per-view at this point because she's just going to crush everybody in her way. No doubt about it. And I think you see probably Luke Harper join uh, uh, Rowan and Daniel Bryan quickly because I know you love the WWE Hall of Fame. What do you think about DX getting uh, put in? I mean, should DX get into the Hall of Fame before China as an individual? I No. Absolutely. Well, then not. that's a problem. Now I understand that China did not leave the greatest life, and I understand that maybe it doesn't fit their corporate structure. But she was a trailblazer. She certainly deserves uh, her own recognition. So I don't love that they're kind of going the, the cheap way out and putting her in with the entire stable. Yeah. So I don't love that. It does feel cheap. Yeah, it does feel cheap. There is one. But I don't love the double entries. I don't like that that flare yeah, got in again with the horse. And I understand acknowledging the stable, but arguably most of those people in the stable could have it in their own. If right. you want to induct the outlaws, that's fine. Obviously, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, even X-Pac. So to me, they could get their own individual. I don't like, I understand getting them in all at once. It's kind of a cool moment. But yeah, she certainly deserved her own. Uh, that was my first reaction to when I heard that, thinking China should get in before the stable correct. does. Um, you know who's got to be a Hall of Famer? And I guess this is just a business decision. Lawrence Taylor. Lawrence Taylor main evented a WrestleMania. They put all these other two-bit celebrities yeah. who were involved in the WWE for 30 but seconds again, in the Hall you know, of Fame. But again, I think that they're, you know, they're in a corporate environment. No, no, I know so, that. Right. So, I'm I merely mean, saying based no. on if we're looking at resumes. Well, I mean, look at some of the guys. Well, and I hate to do this because it's, it's ridiculous and we'll be mocked for it. But a lot of the things what the Baseball Hall of Fame is doing now, sure. Howard Baines, Lee Smith, you could look at it with the WWE Hall of Fame. And no disrespect to people like Coco Beware and Refrigerator Perry and guys like that, but they're in the Hall of Fame. But here's the, so, <laughs> but here's the thing about LT, and, and this is an obvious thing. And I'm with you on LT, by the way. But, I'm not arguing it. No, no, I know you're not, and it is business. They're missing 
an obvious opportunity. The the show oh, is at here, yeah, MetLife yeah, Stadium, which they love doing. They love incorporating. That's how they got Bruno guys. in. Yeah, of course. They put and they had to. They had to put Bruno in the Hall of Fame. Bruno San Martino when the show was at Madison Square Garden, or at least the Hall of Fame was at the Garden. It's the same thing with Lawrence Taylor, and they'll get a lot of publicity from guys like us. Yeah, from Benin- Joe will mention yeah. it, bro. Yeah, LT. Oh, LT's gonna be there, bro. How about that All Hall right. of Fame. All right. Cole Banks has to be there. Did I see that this morning? I think I saw that. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Thank you, Lugie. I appreciate it. All right, I appreciate having me on. That was a elimination chamber, 14-hour-later reaction edition of the Evan Roberts Podcast.